Well, welcome to week number two of our series entitled Seeds. We are discovering the process uh, that God invites us into that allows us to flourish and produce and to see life the way God would have it. We want to experience God's best, and we're looking at the process of that. And so I want to invite you to join me in Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1, if you have a a paper copy of Scripture, you can just open it up to the middle. Likely you'll be in Psalm. Just turn to the left a little bit, and you'll be in Psalm chapter 1. While you're turning there, I just say welcome to all of you that are watching right now live online with us. We're glad to have you be a part of our faith and church, faith church friends and family. I believe God's going to speak to you right there as you join in with us. Psalm 1, starting in verse 1, this is what it says, blessed is the one who does not walk in step. Everybody say walk. Doesn't walk in step with the wicked. Doesn't stand. Everybody say stand. Stand in the way and hanging out with the sinful. Or sits. Everybody say sit. In the company of mockers. But the one whose delight, desire, hope, The one who delights and finds joy, finds satisfaction, is in pursuit of the law of God, Scripture. And the one who meditates on this day and night, that person will be like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields fruit in the right season, and whose leaf, check this out, never withers. And whatever they do, whatever it is that they do, prospers. Not so, though, with the wicked. They're like the chaff that the wind blows away and is tossed around. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment or sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the ways of the righteous, but the way of the wicked, it leads leads to destruction. As we get ready for part two of this series entitled Seas, I want you to to hear me with, with every bit of hope and passion and faith that I have. I want your life to flourish and grow this year. We want to see the blessing and the life that God promises us come to fruition. We want to see it flourish and show up in our lives. And and we want to be like Psalms 1 describes, like the seed that gets planted by the stream that bears fruit in, in the right season. And when it's not fruit bearing season, we stay consistent, we stay steady, and our leaves never wither. We're consistent people of God. And we stay planted in that way. We are that ever refreshing, ever strong, no matter the storm or life season, standing tall, strong trees that that bear and produce fruit, no matter the cultural climate around us. Last, in this series, we've kind of been walking through the, we're going to walk through the step-by-step process to become those kinds of people to see God's best show up in our life. Last week in week number one, we said that, that step one was that you have to cultivate your heart. You have to cultivate the soil of your life. And we said that, that you cultivate the soil of your heart through prayer. Well, once the soil is cultivated, you're ready for step number two. And that's what I want to talk to you today about. And that is step two is simply this. You got to plant it. You got to plant 
The seed won't produce anything if it never goes in the ground and be planted. The good news is that when you take a seed and you plant it in the ground, it has no choice but to produce something. In other words, whatever it is that you're experiencing in your life, the Bible would say it like this, you reap what it is that you sow. So, sow the things that you want. If you reap what you sow, I think it's time that we decide to sow the things that we want. It, we we, we want to we make the decisions that help us become the people we know we want to become. We want to sow the seeds, make the decisions to become the people that God wants us to become. And it all starts, and, and it really begins with this idea of planting the seed. You have to plant it. It's not going to do any good sitting in the little packet. You ain't going to get no watermelons that way. Got to put them in the ground. You got to plant the seed. And I want to talk to you today a little bit about this idea. And, and I think it, it, as we get into it, I've got to be really honest. It's, it's really easy for me to believe a lie that simply this, that because it's small, it's insignificant. And seeds always are small. They're never impressive. They're never large. Seeds are always small. But they have a, a power within them to produce exponentially more than what they started in seed form. But seeds are always small, and because seeds always are small and life is always small, I think we have a tendency to believe a lie that small is always insignificant. And it shows up in, in kind of one or two ways. In one way, uh, when we think of small being insignificant, it means that, that we don't think that it's very important, or because it's so small, it's not really gonna have an impact in our life. So, so it's, not really, it's not a big deal. So, so we tell little lies, in relationships, but then we ended up with a large amount of broken trust. Why? Because it's just a little lie, but it ends up breaking a lot of trust. And we, we feel like just because it's small, it's just insignificant, but, but it's not insignificant. It's, it's a little bit of flirting online. It's a, it's a little bit of a flirty text on the Snapchat it's a little bit of a flirt with the person in the office nearby, and we think it's little and harmless, but it produces some detrimental results in our lives. Something that starts so small ends up creating such big, big damage. It's just a little over the speed limit, but little is a relative term, and so soon you're going 60 and a 35 and paying a really big fine, all because it's just a little bit. Little, we think, is insignificant, but little isn't insignificant. And so it creates a big problem in our lives. But the other way that this, this lie creeps into our life is in this idea that it is so small, it's so little, it, it's, it's not even really worth trying. I mean, is it really worth that we, we only have a little bit of money that we could save? Why save it? Let's just go ahead and spend it. But your grandmother would tell you that a little bit over time creates a lot. And so you don't ever really begin to save because you don't feel like what you have is enough to make a difference, so you never even start. You never even start. You don't really, you want to read more books this year, but you only have time to read like a half a chapter a day, and you're like, ah, that's not very much. I'll never get through this book. I'll never read the number of books that I want to read this year. If I only read half a chapter a day, well, if, the chapter, if there's 14 chapters in a book and you read half a chapter a day, in one month, you've read one book. 
By the end of the year, you've read 12 books, but it seems so small, like half a chapter is not going to put a dent in this. I'll never get through it. I'll never read what I want to read. And we never get started because we feel like it's just too small, so we don't even start. And we buy into this lie that small is just insignificant. But I came to tell you that small always starts the beginning of something significant. Small always starts the beginning of something significant. And and what's interesting is it is the subtle differences, the subtle changes that often are hard to notice, right? Like you have family that visits you from out of town, maybe the holidays, and they look at your kids and like, oh my gosh, they've grown so much. They're so mature. And you're like, are you looking at the same kid I'm looking at? Like, I mean, I'm the same person. I don't think they've grown that much. I got a long list of things they could grow in if you want to like see that and look at, we can compare notes. But we never see it because subtle changes and subtle things we think are unnoticeable or insignificant, but a little bit goes a, a long, long way. I think this is, this is why we have so many dreams in our heart that are sitting on the shelf collecting dust because we were never willing to start because we knew we would have to start small. We never make the change because we want to make big changes, but big changes only really produce lasting results when they start small and consistent. It's, it's the small and consistent that produces something in, in your life. Small, we feel like, isn't right. And I think this is why habits are so important. Having good habits and the right habits can produce lasting impact. Last year, I read a book entitled Atomic Habits, and I've recommended it before. I read it again this year already. Highly, highly recommend the book. The author is named James Clear. Fantastic book, and and he says this in his book, Atomic Habits. He says that habits are the compound interest of self-improvement. In other words, if you want to see improvement in your life, habits are what will create that compound interest to really produce change that is transformative in your life. And it all starts with the decision of a few habits, small habits here and small habits there. Habits play a big, it's the little habits that play a big impact in our lives. Why? Because small is always the start of significant. Small is always the start of something significant. If you want to see significant changes in your marriage this year, it's going to start small like not rolling your eyes every time they ask you to do something. Small. Small. If, if you want to have more freedom in your home, young person, it's going to start by simply doing the small things like keeping up with your own chores and keeping your mouth shut instead of talking back. It's small. Small things that produce significant change. In the book Atomic Habits, the author gives this illustration. If, if there was an airplane to take off from LAX heading to New York, but they made just a slight miscalculation and 3.5 degrees pointed the nose of the airplane a little bit south, they would not end up in New York. They would end up in Washington, D.C. Just a small change creates a big impact. Seeds are always small. And the seeds and the habits and the choices that you make on a daily basis are creating the impact and the fruit that you'll experience at the end of this year. It all starts 
small. Don't buy into the lie that small is insignificant. No, because small is the start of significant. Always is. This is why I believe with all of my heart that a habit of daily reading God's word and making small application after you read it is the single most important habit you could begin this year. I think that if we look at Psalms chapter one again, you would see that he says, if you wanna become the tree planted by rivers of living water that always has fruit, always is bearing leaves, consistent in your life, time after time after time, if you wanna be this tree that is standing, no matter the season of life, the storm that would come, the winds that would blow, the snow that would fall, the ice that would hang on, no matter what, if you wanna be a tree standing tall with leaves on you, then it starts by... By meditating on God's word every day. It starts by this decision to read God's word and, and apply it. In Mark chapter 4, verse 14, you, you see this parable. And, and we looked at this story last week in, in week number one. And in this parable, Jesus says it very, very clear. He says this, the sower goes out to sow the word, scripture, God's word. The sower goes to sow the word. God's word. And as we, we look, I want you to understand this. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Here's, the, here's, here's a big thought today, and that's this, that God's word is the seed. God's word is the seed. It's the seed that gets planted in your heart. It's God's word that you listen to when it is preached. And when you're here at Faith Church, it's preached really, really good. And you just can hear it, and it's... Sitting here right now, you are sampling and grabbing a hold of some of the seed. Every day when you, every Sunday when you leave, you are walking away with some seed in your hand. But it's up to you to plant it. It's up to you to plant it. God's word is the seed. It's, it's the word that you hear preached. It's the word that, that maybe the spirit of God speaks to you personally in your heart. It's the seed that, that you hear the little whispers from God who wants to speak to you personally. It's the, it's, the, it's the seed when you read it, when you open up scripture on your own and you read it. You might start with just a single verse every day. Seems small, but seeds are always small. Small is the start of something significant. Small is the start of something significant. And when you read even a verse, you're interacting and have an opportunity to take that seed of God's word and plant it in, into your heart. See, God's word produces something. Hebrews 4 verse 12 says that the word of God is alive. It's, it's active. There, there's some life and energy to it. it. It has packed within it the ability and the nutrients that you need for your life. The word of God is alive. It's active. It's sharper than a double-edged sword, it says. It, it penetrates the dividing between what is your soul, your own way, and what is spirit, God's life. It, God's word divides those, those things. God's word um, has a way of, of joints and it separates the joints and the marrow. It judges, God's word, it judges the thoughts and the attitude of your heart. God's word judges the very attitudes that you have in your heart. He, he has a way of God's word when you read it, it isn't just something that you read, it often reads you. And when you read God's word, it has a way of distinguishing what is different in your heart, what is different in, in your way of thinking compared to God's way of thinking. 
I want you to understand that, that God's word, it is a seed, but it is not your opinion. It is not your approach, your philosophy to life, you, the way you think. It's not your own energy, your own vibe. It's not even your own perception, preference, or your political persuasion. God's word is alive. It is true. It is unmovable. It is unshakable. It is the very foundation that you should build all of your life. It may be a small verse, but it creates big impact if you let it. Seeds are small. God's word is the seed in your life. It is the very truth that we can hang onto no matter what. God's word is, is the seed. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this, this thought down as well. God's word is the seed that we need to plant if we want to have lasting progress in our life. If you want to see some transformation in your life, if you want to see some gains, you want to have some wins this year, it's God's word that you choose to plant in your life that will produce lasting impact. In other words, it's not just hearing God's word. That's good. That gives you the seed. But it's when you begin to apply God's word to your life, when you put it into practice, that's when you plant the word into your life. You can cultivate the soil all you want. You can collect as many seeds, hang up the seeds in your house, right? You've got verses knitted on your wall, right? You've got them all over. We go to grandma's house, they're everywhere. Hanging in the bathroom, which is a little weird, but whatever, you gotta meditate on it day and night. You're sitting there, you may as well think about God's word, I guess. I don't know. Like, like you see it everywhere. Having the seed isn't the same as planting the seed. You plant the seed when you apply it to your life, when you put it into practice, when you begin to do something with it. In Psalm 1, I want, I want to go back to this and, and point out a couple things to you. Psalms 1, you, you see that it describes this tree that always is in blossom, never loses its bark, has fruit when it needs fruit, stands no matter what. This is the picture of your life that God wants for you this year, to be strong, to be healthy, to be vibrant with the life of God, not the up and down life. Not like, I'm good with God, I'm walking away from God. I love church, eh, I'll sleep in, it's a little snowy today. You know what I love? Is that this place is full of people who said, I'm going to church. Some of you is because you had cabin fever and you're like, I'm getting these kids out of the house. I will risk it to get to church today. They're being loved on and put Jesus on their level today. I'm glad you brought them. This is the life that we wanna have, not the up and down Going good, not going good. Living with no regrets, filled with a lot of regrets the night before. We, we want to have a steady, consistent process of growth. And God's word is the seed that we plant. But he, he makes this contrast in Psalms 1. He says, somebody is making application. They're having practice because they're walking in step with the wrong way. They're sitting among people who are laughing and scorning the things of God, who don't really think that the things of God is worth it that you're wasting your time. Some of you, you've been told that going to church and serving and volunteering, you're just wasting your time. It's not really gonna help you. I don't know why you give so much. You give 10%, you give how much to that place? And they're just scorning and scoffing. 
when you sit and you walk and you live in that way, you're, you're standing, you're walking, you're sitting, those are all actions that you do. Why? Because the way you practice is what shows up in your life. It's practicing. And so the author of Psalms 1 gives a different look and says, instead of practicing the wicked way, instead of practicing with the scoffers, and instead of doing things in your life that pattern and look like and appear like the, the wrong way of doing things, why don't you do it God's way? Why don't you choose to delight in God's word? Why don't you choose to meditate, to think about, to, to look at from many angles God's word? Why, why don't you choose to do something with God's word? And the person who meditates and sits with and, and thinks about and delights in and whatever they do, as it relates to the word of God, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have effect. It's going gonna, it's gonna to prosper. It's going gonna, it's gonna to move forward. Listen, God wants you to take small steps of obedience when you read his word. Small steps. Small steps of obedience lead to a life completely transformed. One of the reasons why so many of our connect groups here at the church are based around sermon discussion, it's not because we want to re-preach the sermon to each other. It's because we want to examine what God's word says and find at least one practical thing that we can do this week to be obedient to the scriptures and the truth that we heard this week. Just one thing. And we feel like that if we can do one thing this week and one thing next week, we can just begin a pattern of practicing God's word. It is when you take the seed of God's word and you put it into practice that it actually gets planted in your life to produce something. It's not just about showing up, sitting here, hearing it. It's good. I'm glad you're here. But I want to do everything I can not to just inspire you in this moment, but you can take it and it impact your Thursday just as much as inspire you on a Sunday. We want to help you have handles to walk and to do and to obey and to put into practice. Why? Because Matthew chapter 7, Jesus is telling another parable. And in Matthew 7, he says this, verse 24, Therefore, everyone, anyone, Anyone, any age, any stage of life, any socioeconomic background, anyone who hears these words, the seed of mine, and puts them into practice. He's a wise man who builds his house on the rock. If you want to see the best of God that he has for you produced in your life, Hear me, there's nothing wrong with the seed that you've been getting. There's nothing wrong with it. The issue is, do you take the seed and actually plant it? Actually do something with it. Actually put it in, into practice. God is not sitting there saying you need to perform it perfectly. No, it's not what he said. He didn't say whoever hears these words of mine and lives them out flawlessly. Nope. The one who hears these words, understands it all, has all of their questions answered, and, and does them. Nope, that's not what he said. He just said, anyone who's willing to hear these words and find a way to put it into practice in some way, they're going to begin to build their life in a solid way. I love how Psalms 1 says it. It says, whatever he does, it prospers. 
As you're hearing this word being spoken to you, as you read God's word on your own, can, you, can, I, can I encourage you with something? Whatever it is you decide to do in response to that word, to apply it, to obey it, it's gonna work. God's gonna bless that. Yeah, but what if it's not the way you would do it, pastor? Doesn't matter. He doesn't say, and whatever way pastor would do it, that's the way it would prosper. It's not, what would Matthew do? No, no, no. Whatever you would do, practice it. Just do it. Take the pressure off your life. Don't live bound by some legalistic rule set. I don't know if I read that right. I don't know if I'm doing this right. I don't know if I'm understanding it all. Whatever it is that you're reading, just begin to obey based on that faith that you have. God says, I'll bless that. I'll come alongside that. I'll help you. I'm gonna encourage you. I'm gonna let that seed that you decided to plant in your life do it. You might not be the best at something, but if you give it, you start practicing it, God's gonna help it grow. It's gonna produce something in your life. You might not be good at praying at all. Maybe, maybe today at lunch, man, you're like, all right, I got this. I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna practice praying for the food. Everybody, bow your heads and don't laugh. Let's go. Right, like, Jesus, thank you. Amen. Whatever you do to put into practice the word that you have, you're planting the seed in your life. You're planting the seed in your life. You're planting the seed in your life. How many of our lives have stalled out, gotten stuck in a rut, all because we've heard the word but never planted it? We've got the seed, but we've never made any action. Never, never done anything with it. We've never taken that next step. God's word must be planted in our hearts through personal application. Your personal application, that's how you plant it. There's a, in the book, Atomic Habits, the author tells a story of a case study that was done. Some scientists got together and gathered three groups of people. And uh, these three groups of people were all given the, the same task to try and exercise. That was, that was what they wanted to do. They gave them uh, this goal. And so the first group, uh, they said, here's what we want you to do. We just want you to log when and what you do for exercise. Just, just log it. The second group they brought and they said, okay, we're going to give you a little bit of motivation. We're going to teach you why it's important to be healthy. We're going to show you how to do some exercise. We're going we're to give you a hype tape, if you will, to get excited about exercise. And then we want you to log the exercises that you do and when you do them. We said, okay. Then they brought in a third group. And this third group was a little bit different. They they were given the same instruction to log when and where and how often they did their exercises. They were given the same inspiration. The same motivation was given to this third group. But with this third group, they wanted them to do one more thing before they left the room. And they wanted them to write down before they left that they would exercise at this time in this way on this date. So they, so they made them follow this formula that I will do X at this time in this location. Those three things. They had to apply and get real practical, specific. I'm going to do this time, this time, this time. 
the first two groups had about 30 to 38% success where they exercised at least one time that week. 30, 35, 38% exercised one time of the first two groups. Those inspired, motivated, and those that had nothing just given, write it down if you do it. In the third group that not only had the instruction, not only had the inspiration, but took it one more step to make it practical in application, 91 to 93% of them exercised in a consistent way. The results were exponentially more simply because they made practical application with the inspiration and the instruction that they had. Why? Because transformation doesn't come. Change doesn't come when you are inspired. Well, if I go to church enough and I hear a good enough message, my life will change. Nope. Well, if I get enough instruction, if I figure it out and I get the details right and I really understand what the scripture means, if I really get the instruction correctly, then my life will change. Nope. 30% of you, that might be the case. But if you're willing to hear the instruction, God's word is the seed. Take the inspiration, recognizing that small is always the start to something significant, and you'll apply it. You're going to see long-term results produced in your life. You will become like a tree, doesn't sway around, isn't persuaded by the things around it. Its circumstance doesn't dictate its fruitfulness, its steadiness, its joy, its peace. No, the tree is planted. It's there. It ain't going nowhere, and it ain't worried about you. Why? Because it's planted in something stronger. This week, I want to challenge you. Get really practical. Are you ready? Write down a time when you will read God's word, where you will read God's word, and what you will read. Write it down this week and make a decision to read God's word every day and do something in response to obey whatever it is in the scripture that you read. Whatever it is. This week I read a lot about the way Jesus taught his disciples to pray. He said, just pray real simply. So you know what? A lot of my prayers were like five word sentence prayers this week. Now, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm, I'm a pretty wordy guy. Use lots of words. Hazard of the job, I guess. But I just practically applied those scriptures, and I just prayed really simply this week. There's something that happened in my heart that softened and unrattled some things, y'all. It was just a simple application to what I read. This week, read God's word every day. You're not sure where to start? Go to our central hub, faithchurchks.org. On there, you'll see a card that says Bible reading plans. Just pick one. Which one? Whatever one you want. And just begin to practice God's word. You know what I love about how Jesus said to just put his words into practice? 
He didn't say you have to perform them perfectly. You don't have to do it like everybody else around you does them. He's not looking for you to fit into some formula. It's not some legalistic approach where if you don't do it, God's not pleased with you. Hear me very clearly. It is your belief in Jesus that gives you access into heaven, not your behavior, not your Christian behavior, and not your unchristian behavior. It is your belief in Jesus that squares you right and makes you righteous like Jesus. But it is your behavior that determines how much of heaven you experience while you're on the earth. And some of you have been experiencing more hell than what you need to. Simply because, that was was beautiful for an effect right there, bam! (laughs) We're working in unity here. Some of you have experienced more hell than what you need to. Why? It's not because you don't believe God. It's just simply because you haven't been putting into practice. You can complete, keep playing. Spirit's moving. Always moves better with keyboards. It's simply because you haven't been putting into practice. You haven't been putting into practice. It's not, you're obedient. You haven't been building your house. You haven't been practicing it. You know what I love about practice? It doesn't count against your wins and your losses. Never once when I practiced baseball, never once when I practiced basketball, did it ever go, well, today was a win for us. Now it adds a win, adds a loss. No, you practice all week before you played the game in your life. When you practice, God is not up there saying, oh, you're winning, oh, you're losing now. It's practice. It's for your benefit. It's to help you grow, to help you flourish. It helps you take the seed of God's word and plant it into your life. When you practice doing what God says, you plant the seed in your life. And those seeds, they may be small, but small is always the start of something significant later on. So start, make a decision to read God's word every day. What what would it look like if at the end of the month, to the end of three months, you just had made the decision today to read God's word every day at a certain time, at a certain place, and just made a decision, I'm, I'm gonna do something today to put into practice what I just read. I'm just gonna do it. What would your life look like in one month, two months, th- three months? What, what kind of joy might be on your face? What kind of hope might be saturating your soul? What, what kind of kindness might be coming out of your mouth towards your spouse? What, what kind of faith might be built up in your life to really believe that God cares about you and that he hears you and that he loves you? What might be the change and the transformation? What fruit and leaves might be showing up in your life just because you made a decision to read and to practice it. To read and to practice it. What if? I believe your life can flourish and grow and be transformed like that. And it all starts because you take God's word, which is a seed, and you practice it every day, and you plant it into your life. And he's the one who produces something transformative in your life. 
You need God's word in your life every day. It gives you the skill to live life well, the insight to know where and how, and it helps you draw closer to your heavenly father who is absolutely crazy in love with you. Not the you that you're gonna become, but the you that you are today. He's crazy about that you, that version of you. Would you bow your heads as we close in prayer today? Father, we've heard your word, and to the best of my ability, God, I've, I've said the things that I felt like you wanted me to say, and Lord, if there was anything that I said that wasn't of you, would it just kind of fall to the side? Lord, things that were of you, would it resonate in our hearts here in this moment? By way of response, all of us, as we kind of look inward, if you're here and you say, you know what, Pastor, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to apply it. I'm going to, today, select a time for this week that I'm going to, a place and a time and a what that I'm going to read. I'm going to put that into, I'm going to do something. I'm going to respond in that way. I'm going to set a time, set a place, and set a what. Sometime today, that's my commitment. I'm going to do that. If that's you, would you just put your hand in the air? There's so many of us that are responding, saying, this is my application today. This is my commitment today. Lord, you see our hands and our hearts Lord, we want to put into practice and read every day those things. So help us to do it and follow through. In Jesus' name, you, you can put your hands down while we're all still praying all over the place and those even online. If you're here in the sound of my voice and you'd say, Pastor, I, I, I want to be close to God. I want to have a walk with God. I want to be in rhythm. But, but man, I'm not anywhere where I need to be. I've, I've walked away from God. My faith has been dormant. And there's a first time in a long time that I've even wanted to believe in I don't feel or think I'm a part of the family of God. My belief hasn't been in Jesus, but, but today I want to give my life to Jesus and I want to follow him. If, if that's you and you're here, would you just put a hand in the air and say, I'm going to follow Jesus. Maybe you're making a commitment for the first time. Thank you for that hand. Are there others saying, yeah, I want to, I want to follow Jesus. I'm going, to, I'm going to give my life to him. We'll wait just another second. Are there others? Are there others? Are there others? Oh, praise God. Praise God. Praise God greatest decision of your life. Church family, can we all pray this prayer out loud? Let's pray. Let's pray in faith. Nobody prays by themselves. Say this. Say, Father God, thank you for sending Jesus for me. Thank you for all that you've done for me. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He died on a cross. He was buried and he was raised again. I give you my life. I give you my heart. Help me to follow you, to practice living like you every day of my life. Thank you for your forgiveness, for your grace, for your salvation. I receive it by faith right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, some people came into the family of God. Let's celebrate church. Praise God.